All right, so in raising your kids, are there moments where you feel like I just blew it? I mean, I, I remember our oldest. Um, he was like four, four and a half. He did some, I'll, I'll just say some stupid little boy thing. It wasn't bad. It wasn't, you know, ugly. It was just like, why in the world did you do that? And I looked at him. I said, what were you thinking? And he looked up with, with these big eyes. He just looked at me like, I don't know what I was thinking. And I, I just totally blew that moment. What am I doing asking a four-and-a-half-year-old, what were you thinking? They're so physical. They, they aren't thinking. They're just doing. They're exploring things physically. I had to kind of recover from that. And if my memory serves me well, and I don't think I'm covering this up, I went to my knees and said, I'm sorry. I mean, you weren't thinking. It's okay. Just try to think. You know, try. <laughs> Those are moments where you have a chance for a redo um, in your parenting. And uh, I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, who's just smiling, knowingly looking at me. Like, here's some more rope, John. So um, we'll, we'll get you into the show here. But first, we're going to hear from author and blogger and mom, Heidi St. John, who spoke with Jim Daly and me about some of the ways she's learned to let go of perfectionism as a mom. Heidi, welcome to Focus on the Family. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you. Now, you are uh, this mom blogger. You've got a very successful blog, and you're talking to a lot of women from around the world. What What's a common thing that you're seeing that they are encountering in being a mom? Kind of the, the obstacle. Oh, I don't know that there is one obstacle. Give us I, a couple. I, I think moms feel uh, the culture has really made motherhood into a stopover on the highway of life. You know, it's, it's this thing you do for this, this small season of time. They don't realize the impact that they're having. They don't realize that these children that they're raising today are going to be tomorrow's teachers and tomorrow's leaders. And so I've been spending the last, you know, 20 years of my life trying to encourage them that what they're doing right now is God's going to use it for eternity. And so just, I think they feel a lot of them undervalued. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, you're having kids. Oh, that's a sweet. What else do you do? Right. You know, what, yeah. what else do you do? And I love to tell moms, it's okay if your dream is to be a wife and a mother. It's okay if your dream is to raise those children to love and serve and follow the Lord Jesus. And it's all right to pour your life into it. These kids are worth it. So just encouraging them in the day to day, you know, you yeah. can get, it can get exhausting as you guys know. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I do think, and I, I applaud that fact that uh, you're a mother of seven and a grandmother of three. So, you know, the calling, but I think even with Jean, you know, before we had our first, Trent, uh, she was teaching nuclear gene splicing in labs at the university here, and she loved what she was doing. And I remember the professor said that she was working for, you know, are you are you trying to have children? She said, yes. And he said, boy, this is not, you can't be doing nuclear yeah. gene splicing if you're trying to have children. So that really allowed her to kind of free herself up from that vocational approach and mm -hmm. then concentrate on the kids that are thriving, I think, in part, in large part, because of mom. And that's oh, what yeah. you're saying. Oh, yeah. I think I think we underestimate the value of motherhood and we underestimate what it's going to do in the culture, you know, years from now, because these moms chose to focus on their children. Heidi, um, another amazing attribute of women and moms is their ability to look at themselves first. I've often said that on the broadcast. I, 
you know, men, we run from our shame. Women tend to go, yeah, it was me. I'm the one. <laughs> and they'll even say that when it's not their fault. Well, because their kids will tell on them. <laughs> right. Like, well, if, if you have to do that, you know, because you got all these little reflections if you walk around. Oh, no, mom, that's actually not how it went down. Right, well, in right, fact, you, know? you mentioned in the book the two big mom fails that you had on the same day. And I love that. And Jean loved that because it was so, uh, you know, great to see you reflect on that. What were they? Well, I think one of the first ones was realizing uh, that I'm not going to be able to get it all done. I think I told a story kind of early on in the book. Um, is funny. There's okay. There's a lot of things that happen when you're raising seven children, right? Every single <laughs> one of them is different, and I, I I did not feel equipped for the job. And I think this is another thing that's so important for women to understand. You don't have to feel like you're going to have it all together. You don't have to feel like you know what you're doing. You don't have to feel like, you know, I let's say like me, you didn't come from a home that modeled it well. Yeah. And so maybe you haven't seen it done done very well. And I remember very distinctly uh, one time in particular, I'm, I'm trying to go to bed. This is so typical of me. I'm trying to go to sleep and I'm thinking there's something. I'm missing something. Something. <laughs> is, it a, is it an orthodontist appointment? No. Is it, uh, did, did I take the roast out of the freezer? I, I think I did. Did I put the clothes on the washer and the dryer? I'm not really sure if they're mildewy. We'll wash them again. Yeah. All the things. And in the morning, my little six-year-old came in and she said, you know, mom, the tooth fairy didn't show up. And I was like, oh, that's what it was. It was a tooth fairy. It was a tooth fairy. And I'm, I'm you know, jabbing my husband next to me. And I'm, I'm like, listen to your daughter, you know. And she's like, mom, you said she would come. And she, did, she didn't come. Well, while this is happening, you know, Jay's trying to wake up and, and roll out of bed because we have a routine by now, right? Because this has happened to us many times. And he's running into the room and putting it, you know, somewhere under the covers. <laughs> right. And so then it's her fault, right? And we're like, right. no, no, you looked in the wrong place, right? right? The tooth fairy okay. did come. Yes. Yeah, we're getting this. We're, we're getting this this whole thing uh, all mixed up. But I remember just telling my husband, I said, I feel like every time I turn around, I'm failing at something. I'm failing at something. And he, you know, for 32 years now, loved me so well. He was like, did you think it would be different? Did you really think that we were going to skate through this thing and are, we're going to get all of, you know, get it all right? And I, I looked at my daughter and uh and I, something I love about the innocence of children, and I was able to say, you know, mama told you that the tooth fairy was going to come. And when mama says the tooth fairy is coming, the tooth fairy is coming. And then I thought, <laughs> and if she doesn't, what am I, you know, what am I going to do? You don't have to have it all together. And I think I look back at my uh, raising those kids. Most of my kids are grown now. You know, that little one, uh, she's almost 11 now. And our oldest daughter is 30. And I look at those kids now, and I think the times that I failed are when God met me the most. Well, and I think that was on top of you falling asleep the night before when your son yeah. was trying to tell you. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're telling me, thing. well, that's what they do though. These are teenagers too. They come in, right? Oh, it's 11, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Yes. And you're trying to prop your eyes open. I remember one time in particular, my, my son came and sat down on the bed and this, they do this every night. They still do it. Cause we've got a couple of teenagers still left at home. And he sat down and he was like, mom, how did you know that dad was the one? <laughs> and I, I was like, I, I didn't know. <laughs> I just blurted. I didn't know. Jay has this ability to just go to sleep. Right. The kids will sit and talk to me, and he's like, well, I love you guys. Good night. And he'll roll over and go to sleep. <laughs> and then they'll want to talk to me about the deeper things of life. And I remember telling they sitting on the end of the bed, and he's telling me this great thing that happened to him uh, with a friend, and I fell asleep in the middle of it. And he was like, Mom, Mom, are you listening? Oh, that's right. Yes, I am listening. Yeah. Where, p- pick me up again. Where were we again? You know. <laughs> and all of those things, If you you got to look back on it. Uh, at least I do now. In the, in the moment, I felt like I was failing. But 
now looking back, I can see that staying in there, that person, you know, that perseverance, yeah. which is patience and action, right? That perseverance, the willingness to be able to say, you know, what? I'm so sorry, I blew it. Can we start over again? Tell me again, you know, where are we? What, what were you trying to say to me? I'm really sorry. And you're realizing that you don't have to do it right. You don't have to do it perfectly to come back and, and circle back and say, you know what, let's try this. Yeah. Let's try this again. Okay, Danny, so Heidi mentioned how even in those moments where we don't get it right, um, God meets us. He's there. He's waiting to help us, you know, fix that situation. Yes. Um, can you think of a time when you found that to be true? Well, imperfections and all, right? That's, that's what a family's about. That's where love truly comes out. These imperfect moments allow for us to experience love, to be loved instead of us manufacturing love. It's truly in our brokenness. Our kids are getting opportunities to love us back, and it allows us also to develop humility. I remember sitting down with my son, four and a half, so something's happening there at the four-year <laughs> range, right? And uh, I was sitting across from him at the table, and I, I think I've shared this uh, in much earlier episodes of the podcast, but we were in a, in a stressful time in our home, and I know that uh, I wasn't fully present emotionally, attuned to the family in a good way. And Alex looked across the table with his innocent eyes while he was playing with his construction set and uh, with a plastic screwdriver. And he said, Daddy broken, need fixed. Oh. And then he came around the table, just kind of walked. You know, his head was just above the table. <laughs> and then he came over and put the screwdriver on my side. And, and God was speaking to me. I needed that. It's still a turning point inside of me and my soul mm. where he, I knew God was saying, I'm talking to you. Yeah, you need me, and and I'm here. Oh. And so he spoke through my son to me. And there have been other moments where I haven't done it right or there's been stressful things, and if my eyes are open to seeing, I'm able to see God speaking to me and saying, it's okay, and, uh, and also giving me reassurance of my role as a dad my kids' lives, imperfections and all. Yes, our kids aren't looking perfect, are they? No, they're not. They're looking for relational, for real, for somebody that loves them wholeheartedly and is trying the best they can to guide them so that life goes well. Excellent. Well, some great insights from Danny Huerta and from Heidi St. John. And um, we've got Heidi's book available, and we'll send that to you when you make a generous donation of any amount to the ministry of Focus on the Family. Help us encourage other parents to let go of perfect and to embrace what they have, which is imperfect, uh, but that's the way God designed it. We'll send that book to you. Uh, you'll find out how to donate in the show notes or just give us a phone call. And then, Danny, you and the team have put together a number of resources to help moms and dads in the journey. Um, talk real quick about the seven traits of effective parenting series of articles. You can start with an assessment that's been developed by the research team. And this is the seven traits are basically the seven traits assessment helps you see how you're doing in your love towards your child, your relational side and your guiding side. Yeah. If you're demanding in a good way towards your kids and also uh, if you're warm towards them and sensitive and attuned. And that's a great starting point to go into content that we've got f specifically for you. And that is being an adaptive parent, respectful, all the way down to gratitude, which we've been talking about here recently on yeah. the podcast. And it's not about perfection. It's not a formula. It's about you growing as a parent. And you can find that at FocusOnTheFamily.com. 
slash the number seven and then traits. That's a great series, and we'll link over to the article in the show notes as well if you can't write all that down. Uh, For now, on behalf of Danny and the team, I'm John Fuller. Thanks for joining us today. Heidi St. John is back with more lessons learned as an imperfect mom. And uh, we'll see you next time here for the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.